Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? You have probably heard me use the term bio-individuality, which is a fancy Nancy term that means whatever works for you as an individual. When it comes to food, this concept means there's no one-size-fits-all diet. There's no blanket plan for every person. There's no perfect macro percentage that works for all people. That is why in Feast of Fast, we keep our options open. We don't cut out grains and dairy like on a paleo diet or eat only high fat like on a keto diet or forbid our favorite foods like on every diet. We keep those options open because some people tolerate dairy and grains just fine. And some people don't want to be married to a high fat diet for the rest of their life. And some people like to have chips and margaritas with their girlfriends right? We're just people who want to find a doable way of eating that works for our life and works for our body. And that's going to vary from person to person. But what we do do in Feast to Fast is work through levels of carbs systematically, because it's the carbs that usually trip us up the most. You know, there are plenty of foods that can, but carbs are a biggie. And so we slow our roll and how we approach them and focus on being aware and discerning about which work or do not work for us. So today's podcast is not about like, girl, don't eat grains, or girl, don't eat cookies, or girl, don't drink wine. I'm not going to give you a list of quote unquote wrong foods, but I'm going to give you some tips on how to be aware of what's working for you or not working for you metabolically. So there's this naturopath doctor named Jade Tita that I follow. And he's kind of this beefy, muscly, meatheady looking guy. But he gives some really good advice on women's hormones and metabolic function. And he came up with this acronym, HEC, H-E-C, which stands for hunger, energy, and cravings. And he says that when it comes to a healthy metabolism and a healthy weight, you've got to keep your HEC in check. And when I first heard him say HEC in check, I immediately thought of Feast of Fast and keeping our heck yeahs in check. Because as part of the discernment process, this is what we do. You know, if granola is a heck yeah, but you can't stop at two thirds of a cup or whatever the portion is, and you pour bowl after bowl because it's so delicious, and two thirds of a cup is a total tease. I mean, I might be speaking from experience here. (laughs) Then that's not really keeping your heck in check girl, you ate the wrong food. And so it's important to know these things about yourself and that granola may have to come off your heck yeah list until you can exercise more portion control around it. It has been on and off my heck yeah list a lot. So we want to examine our heck yeahs in that way 
but we also want to consider the way we're eating and run it through this list of HEC heck criteria. You know, how is my hunger, my energy, my cravings? We call these biofeedback clues, listening to your body's feedback, because it will tell you, girl, you ate the wrong food. If you will just listen. If drinking wine makes you crave sugary foods the next day or affects the way that you sleep in a way that will affect your energy the next day, you know, if you're just dragging all the next day, well, this is information you want to recognize and consider adjusting so that you can build the best dietary plan for yourself. Hunger, energy, and cravings are big clues into how our food choices are working or are not working for us. So as you go through your day, you want to evaluate how often you feel hungry. Can you go at least three to four hours without eating? Or are you starving every few hours and feel compelled to eat? Are you actually even hungry? Or are you eating out of stress or boredom? When you're thinking about this, you can ask yourself, am I really hungry or is this a craving? Because a craving's in your head, right? Like, I want granola. (laughs) But hunger is in your belly. Like, I need granola. I'm hungry. I need food. And there's a big difference there. Sometimes it could be thirst. I mean, you might just need water. If your hunger is kind of in your throat area, if that's kind of where you're feeling it, that's likely that you're thirsty, you need to drink water. So you want to run through this, you know, head, throat, belly check to determine if you're actually hungry. You know, what's kind of weird. (laughs) I figured out years ago that when I crave eating cereal, it's often because I'm thirsty. And I'm wanting that I'm wanting the liquid, the wetness of the milk. That sounds weird. Um, But sometimes our brains are weird, you know, instead of thinking, oh, I'm thirsty, I should have water. My brain's like, have some cereal so you can get some liquid in your belly and also some delicious cereal. (laughs) We have to be on to our brains, y'all. Speaking of cereal and weirdness, last month I was craving cereal something fierce. And I don't really eat cereal. You know, I don't even buy cereal except for a few times a year. I might get my kids some gluten-free cereal. We just, we don't really do that. We do eat a lot of granola. We usually, that's usually a Saturday morning food for us. Um, I cook on all the school mornings. And then on Saturday, I'm like, here's your granola. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so yeah, I don't really buy a lot of cereal. And if we do, again, we're going to have it on Saturday because I'm not going to send them to school on a cereal belly with, you know, a lot of sugar and carbs that are not going to keep their focus well. But last time I was at Costco, I bought this keto cereal called Catalina Crunch. And it's one of the cleaner ones I've seen. I mean, there's a lot out there. I I posted one on Facebook recently, and it had like canola oil and just a bunch of junk in it. Um, But this one's, you know, decent. It's by no means perfect, but it's a a better version one. And it just kind of looked good because it looks like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And I used to like that back in the day. Um, And but it was weird because twice last month, I was craving cereal. I was actually hungry in the middle of the night. Like I was really hungry. Um, And I wanted the cereal. So definitely there was some hunger there which is something I had to evaluate, but there was also some craving there. Okay. And um, I gave in. (laughs) I gave in one night and I ate the cereal. And this is so weird because this is what I used to do when I was pregnant. 
I would get up in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep and eat cereal and buy random stuff from infomercials. That was so my pregnancy MO. And then all of these packages would arrive, you know, with all the random stuff I bought. <laughs> and I would be like, sorry, honey, <laughs> I'm pregnant. <laughs> this is just weird things we do. So you know, I don't know what was going on with me last month, but I wanted to get up and eat cereal. No, I'm not pregnant. Um, but I was wondering if it was hormonal. I mean, I am in these perimenopause years. It was also during a full moon, which, you know, now I'm kind of hyper aware that this that's the time when parasites are stirred up and want to party and might drive some of that. Um, I don't know exactly what was going on, but I did give in one night. I got up at three in the morning and I ate the cereal. Um, it just was weird. It was giving me such flashbacks, you know, <laughs> but I didn't feel bad about it, you know, which I could have. It was right in the middle of Feast of Fast. And I, I the next day I posted a cereal pic and I was like, uh, I don't know what's going on, but I got down on some cereal and I didn't let it make me feel guilty or like I'm a horrible person or like I'm just going off the rails which is evidence that I have way evolved over the years because there was a time that I would have mentally beat myself up over that. Um, but I'm better, you know, I'm better about that. Instead of wallowing of guilt or shame, I just kind of took on that curious investigative reporter approach. Like, I wonder why I'm, I'm doing this. Is it my hormones? Is it the full moon? You know, I wasn't looking for an excuse, but for information, which is exactly what we're talking about today, getting information about the way we eat, why, how it affects us. I can give you some too much information and tell you that I was super bloated and gassy the entire next day after I ate the cereal. Clearly, girl, I ate the wrong food. Um, a lot of those keto ingredients will do that to people, like the sweetener or the flour that is used. And that's good information to know if you're going to be around a bunch of people, right? I don't know, maybe I just needed to scratch that cereal itch, you know, and it's done. It's fine. You know, now I don't want it at all. Um, but that's just a little side story. Um, and I, I was purposeful in telling my Feast of Fasters that because I think, um, you know, I do recognize how much I've evolved over the years with like, just not beating myself up when I'm not eating perfect, because nobody's going to ever eat perfect. And it's when you do that, that it sends you into that spiral of um, truly, you know, more going off the rails, you know, one bad choice, or one choice like that, I'm not gonna even say that was a bad choice. I'm just it was a choice. And that's what it was. And it's fine. And I'm over it. And I don't want gassy cereal anymore. <laughs> okay, now when it comes to gauging your energy, you want to check in with yourself at different times of the day, like morning, um, noon, around three-ish, you know, and in the evening and bedtime. Those times of the day give us clues about your cortisol pattern and how that's working. Cortisol should be highest in the morning. It gets us up and gets us going and should naturally taper off during the day. It's interesting when we do cortisol testing, which is usually a salivary test, um, we can see how your cortisol is working or not working. I've seen all kinds of different patterns where people don't have enough in the morning, but have too much at night, which explains why they can't get up and they can't get to sleep. You know, it's like they have a flip flop cortisol pattern. A lot of people have too big of a dip in cortisol in the middle of the day, you know, kind of that draggy 3pm time. 
Um, but you can get a feel for all of that just simply by being aware of your energy levels at those different times of the day. And food for sure plays a role into that. You know, hunger and energy are tightly correlated. Um, and true hunger is a sign that the body needs energy. You know, it needs food. My husband will often wait too long to eat because he'll be at the ranch. He might be in the middle of the pasture and not have brought lunch, or he might just be too busy and he will wait way too long. And then he is just dragging. Sometimes he'll come in the door. He's like, I haven't eaten all day. And he's hangry and he's dragging and he feels bad and he's just, you know, tired. And as soon as he eats, it's like, bing, 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 bing. All the lights come on. That's exactly what he says. I just feel like all the lights came on, you know. <laughs> I'm like, you need to eat, honey. You need to eat a, a little bit more regularly. His body just, you know, needs energy. So definitely if you're not eating enough, your body is going to be lagging in energy. But sometimes it's because you ate the wrong food. Girl, you ate the wrong food and your energy is not right. So this happens to me um, if I eat oatmeal for breakfast, for instance. Okay, so if I eat oatmeal for breakfast, um, often I'll, I'll be hungry a few hours later. So I'm like, well, obviously, that's not working for me. And plus, I just oatmeal is not really worth the carb load for me. You know, I would so much rather eat my carbs in a different way, but that's just me. Now, if I'm eating oatmeal, it's better, of course, if I add fat and protein to it, like collagen powder or butter or chopped pecans or something. I always do that. I still make oatmeal for my family um, because they like it, but I'm definitely going to beef it up with some collagen and um, a healthy fat like butter or coconut oil or something like that. I mean, let's face it, you really kind of had to you have to add something to oatmeal. I mean, who eats plain oatmeal? The problem is usually people use oatmeal as a vehicle for other things like brown sugar. And then you've got sugar on sugar. Because remember that oatmeal is a carb and all carbs turn to sugar in the body. And that's why if you don't add something with a little oomph to oatmeal like fat or protein, you're probably going to be hungry a few hours later. Carbs are not a form of long lasting energy. Usually when people are hungry too often or have lots of energy dips throughout the day, it's because there are too many carbs without the balance of protein and fat. And this is really key to check in with yourself. One thing you often hear about breakfast is it's the most important meal of the day, right? We hear that a lot. But really what's most important is what you, um, what you break your fast with, okay? Um, and I'm often asked about how that, you know, jives with intermittent fasting, like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And like I said, the most important thing is was what you break your fast with, because it sets the tone for the day. If you start your day with something that leaves you ravenous a few hours later, that can set the trajectory for poor hunger cues and energy regulation the rest of the day. You'll likely overeat or eat poorly later in the day if your first meal of the day doesn't set the tone well. And that's both physically and mentally. You know, how many times do you eat something that's kind of crappy, not really healthy for breakfast, um, and then be like, well, I already screwed that up, so I might as well eat all the rest of the junk today and start over tomorrow, right? So that's physical and mental. You have got to know thyself with your food and the way that you think about food. But I will say this when it comes to fasting that you may have to play around with your timing to see what works for you. That's why in Feast of Fast, there's no set number of hours or time ranges that you have to fast. You know, some people like to break their fast later in the day. 
closer to noon, and some people like to break it at a traditional breakfast time. I usually break mine at around 9 a.m. Some people go 16 hours, and some people find that 12 is the best number for them, and that is perfectly fine. Again, you have to monitor your heck and adjust accordingly. When I do a super fast, which I try to do once a week, my fast over the next few days are shorter because I is hungry. <laughs> and that makes sense, right? And so I just go with that flow. I'm not like, I'm not telling myself, you have to fast 16 hours every single day. If I just did a 20 to 24 hour fast, I'm probably not going to fast as long over the next few days. Okay, I mean, that's just how my body works. And I know it. And so I'm not going to try to artificially um, force myself to do something that doesn't feel right for my body. So that's the point here. Get in tune with your body. So back to the breakfast thing. When you start your day with protein and fat, you're setting yourself up for more steady, steady energy regulation. And that's a good thing. And I do recommend that. And one thing I will always tell my feast of fasters is that breakfast doesn't have to look like traditional breakfast. There are no breakfast police that will show up to arrest you if you eat leftover stew as your first meal of the day. You know, eggs are a wonderful traditional way to start the day. I mean, I love like eggs and avocado. Yum. But girl, you can branch out (laughs) for sure. Dinner for breakfast instead of breakfast for dinner is totally a thing. And also, I want all my Feast of Fasters to hear this because one of the strategies that we use in Feast of Fast as we're training our bodies to get back to fat burning is to focus on fat and protein for breakfast and bring carbs in later in the day. But that doesn't mean you have to do that every day or that eventually your breakfast is more of a fat, protein, and carb balance. I think for some people, and I have found this to be true for me, Um, Once I got my body metabolically flexible, meaning burning both sugar and fat efficiently as energy, which is our goal in Feast of Fast, I have found that having some carb with breakfast and even something more carby than vegetables like fruit or sweet potato or a piece of gluten-free toast makes me more satisfied in a way that I think about food less like or craving food less as the day goes on, mainly carbs. Like if I take care of that at breakfast, it often helps even out my carb cravings during the day. They're a little bit more equally distributed throughout the day. But that is something that's more of a recent discovery that I've made about myself. Um, And so I'm doing that a little bit more than I used to having a little bit more carb at breakfast than I used to. Um, And we do want to be strategic with our carbs, you know, eating too many in the morning can really throw off Um, throw you off and not eating enough toward the end of the day can interrupt your sleep. So there's definitely a balance. And again, I'm not going to, I am actually, I am, I'm going to beat a dead horse here. (laughs) It's going to vary from person to person. And so that is why on the first day of Feast of Fast, I tell everyone, this is a framework. Okay, this is a framework. And it's got what I called structured flexibility. I'm giving you a framework and guidelines to operate within, but there will be variances based on your body's needs. And part of what we're doing in that process is slowing down, being aware, being discerning, and and doing it in a way that we're not limiting ourselves so that our brain wants to rebel, you know, because as soon as you have a lot of restriction, um, your brain's like, nope, you know, that's why we we keep dairy and grains in our heck yeah's like, these are all possibilities here. It's not like you can't have them. We're just going to take some time to figure out if it actually works for you, if you actually 
like it enough to spend your carb load on it when we have to be, um, you know, somewhat cognizant of that carb load coming in. So you have to get to know yourself and your body and the way your body changes. It is not static. You know, as you age and your hormones change, your heck needs, your hunger, energy, and cravings <laughs> might change. Um, if you're going through a really stressful time in your life, your heck may change. And be aware that the more stressed out you are, the more you're going to crave carbs because they are quick energy. They are what turn to sugar in your body for that quick hit of energy. And the more processed and sugary it is, the quicker it gets there, the quicker it hits your bloodstream. And, you know, that's why that 3 p.m. time is tricky for a lot of us. That's when we want the coffee and the Snickers bar or even the Lara bar. You know, we're upgrading and we're having a Lara bar and that's got date sugar in it. Um, of course, that's a good upgrade, but it's, you know, still sugary. And we're, we're, what we're looking for is that pick me up, right? So you need to think about what you ate earlier in the day for breakfast and lunch. Was your lunch too carb heavy? And now you're dragging. Did you not eat enough? Did you wait? Did you fast too long? Are you like my husband and you just weren't prepared and you didn't have enough to eat, right? And now you're crashing. And let me say something about coffee here, because if you drink too much coffee in the morning, it can do the same thing that eating too many carbs in the morning can do. It will give you a quick hit of, quick hit of energy, like, you know, jet you up that roller coaster of energy, like, boo, got me some energy. But then it will take you down, you know, take you down the other side fast. Your energy can plunge around mid-morning from too much coffee, just as it can from too many carbs. This happens to me 100%. If I drink too much coffee in the morning, I will crash and be tired a few hours later. You know, it's just like too much overload. I know that about myself. Like, girl, you drink too much coffee. And sometimes I ignore myself and do it anyway, because coffee is delicious. But <laughs> then I pay for it. Um, but I have actually gotten pretty good about keeping it to two cups. I'm still drinking a cup of the Rishi coffee um, every morning, which is more modulated and doesn't spike your system so hard. Um, so I have a cup of that, and then I have a cup of regular coffee. And the way that we're making it now, um, which is cup by cup instead of a pot, making a pot of coffee has made a big difference. Because my hubs and I can easily put away a 12-cup pot of, pot of coffee you know, I know we can make less than 12 cups, but we never did. <laughs> Fill that sucker up and we're going to drink it. You know, if it's there, I'm going to drink it. But now we make it cup by cup, you know, either with a little Rishi packet or in a drip cup, and we don't drink as much. Is it a little less convenient and a little extra step, you know, than just waking up to a magical pot of coffee? Yes. But um, again, just kind of slowing that process down a little bit and being more aware and adding that extra step. For us, it's just been working out well, and we have not been drinking as much. Um, sleep, we've got to talk about sleep. I mentioned it earlier. Um, you know, it is proven. There are studies that show when you don't get enough sleep, not only does it affect your metabolism, you know, the, the mechanics of your metabolism, but you are more likely to make poor choices the next day. And a lot of that comes from what I mentioned earlier about lagging in energy. If you wake up tired, you are more likely to crave carbs because you want that quick hit of energy. And your body knows sugar is the quickest form of energy. So between too many carbs and too much coffee, you are setting your heck up for disaster. You know, a lot of girl, you ate the wrong foods. And cravings beget cravings. The more sugar you eat, the more you want to eat. 
this is a threshold that you have to monitor. Can you handle some sugar? Can you handle some sweet? Again, when we're choosing our heck yeahs and feast of fast, which of course is going to vary from person to person. I mean, not everybody thinks chocolate is worth it. I don't get you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But maybe Swedish fish is your indulgence. Like my friend Aaron, I don't get that at all. I could never eat a piece of candy again in my life and be totally fine with that. But I do have a death grip on chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Again, all it's all in our personal choice. But one thing we talk about is that portion control. Can you be a moderator or do you need to be an abstainer? Those are terms that come from Gretchen Rubin's book, Better Than Before, and it's worth considering when it comes to your heck yeahs. Can I moderate that granola? Can I eat a reasonable portion size or not? Can I eat 12 chips or am I going to eat the whole bag? You know, are we moderating that well? And if not, it may need to come off your heck yeah list for a while because that heck is not in check. Now listen, there are a lot of ways and a lot of reasons that your heck, your hunger, energy, and cravings can get out of check, you know, or that your body may be screaming, girl, you ate the wrong food. Like when you eat something that makes you bloated or have diarrhea or make your skin break out. Those are pretty big signs, you know, but that's, that's kind of next level discernment. I mean, for sure, pay attention to those now, absolutely, and make note and adjust accordingly if you can tell what's throwing you off. But the first step is to generally clean up your food choices, get a good balance of the macronutrients, paying a special attention to not overdoing the carbs, which will throw off all of your heck, taking into consideration your sleep and your stress, which can also can throw a monkey wrench into it. You know, working on those things first will often resolve a lot of your metabolic issues when it comes to regulating hunger, energy, and cravings. And if not, then we can dig deeper. You know, do we need to support digestive function? Do we need a more therapeutic diet approach? Like maybe we do need more, need more fat, or maybe we need to do like a specific carbohydrate diet. Maybe you're not tolerating certain carbs well. Maybe in your case, you need to do a low histamine diet. Or, you know, maybe we need to blast out some bad bacteria and parasites that are creating a lot of the cravings and contributing to the problem. There are lots of ways to tweak. But first, we have to have a good solid way of eating under our belt, you know, balancing the macronutrients, getting lots of real food, plenty of water, prioritizing sleep, addressing stress. That is why, as I've mentioned a lot, that I made Feast to Fast because this is the need I saw and continue to see over and over where people need the most help and where you can get the most bang for your buck making these changes. You know, when you do this, you can see a lot of improvement, a lot of resolve. It's really the first step. And you've got to take some ownership in that. You know, the more you pay attention to how your body is acting and reacting and feeling, the more and more dialed into your optimal health you're going to get. So girl, pay attention to your food choice and your drink choice to what is serving you and not serving you. Listen when your body tells you something is off. Keep your heck in check. Monitor your hunger, your energy, and your cravings. A food journal is a great way to do this. Even if you just do it for one week, you can learn a lot about yourself. If you're in the Christian Health Club, keep a food journal for a week and then send it to me when you're done. Like, let me be that place that it lands for accountability. You know, just say, okay, I'm going to do it and then I'm going to send it to Chelsea when I'm done. I will receive it for you. Bring it, you know, send it over. 
Um, and if you've never done Feast of Fast and you want to, our next round starts the first Monday in May. And so um, definitely join us for that and, you know, start getting this heck in check. And remember that, you know, God has given you so much power and agency over your health. He provides you with the best foods and he gives you your free will. And it's just there. It's all yours for the taking. So take it, girl. You got this. All right, my friend. Thanks so much for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.